With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the Denver Stiffs podcast channel on the SB Nation podcast network. It is Tuesday morning, and we are gearing up for another Nuggets, a week of Nuggets action. Uh, starting off, though, we want to get back into the week that was, which was unfortunately not a very pleasant one for Denver. They are on a two-game losing streak. Uh, I don't know when the last time that's happened. I don't know when the last time two-game <laughs> losing streak at home. That's got to be yeah, back in like October. That would have been early in the year. As you can hear joining me, it is down in Colorado Springs, Mr. Gordon Gross. Gordon, what is happening? Not much, man. Um, apparently, I'm I'm not as good at shuffling my my stairs and and uh, sidewalk as you are. So <laughs> we've established we, we, that you're you're more of a grown up than me. No, it wasn't that. It's just that my neighborhood is filled with more shoveling Nazis who will rat me out to the police uh, if I don't do it. So, you know, <laughs> I've got to get that is true. Yeah, I, uh, I got a noise complaint for talking on my balcony at like ten fifteen at night. But apparently nobody cares about shoveling. So <laughs> exactly. He's just got that one ornery person who had a long day. Yeah, right. No, but uh, yeah, we, um, you know, at least the uh, the Nuggets got the. Got a day off there to enjoy the snow as well. Now they head down to Nuggets San Antonio. Nuggets didn't lose today. That was good. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't have a game to play. Uh, they did lose back-to-back ones, though, at home. Very, uh, yeah, very weird. Well, Gordon, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be way back when the last time they lost back-to-back games at home. It would have been, uh, what, either I feel did like they lose back-to-back early this year? I, I almost feel like they did. I haven't checked it. Yeah, they did. They lost, they lost actually one, two. They lost three in a row at home. Yeah, uh, they, back they, in the they beginning of November. Slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, that was they the lost problem, like man. Brooklyn and Milwaukee and Houston. Yeah, they were screwing up the early home court, and we were getting mad at them. And then they went on like a nineteen and one streak, <laughs> and it was all, everything was fine. Right, and now they've now they've lost two in a row. All right, Gordon. So uh, you saw how the how kind of Utah did it with more of a defensive effort. Obviously, Rudy Gobert uh, stifling them that second quarter. Uh, boy, the Nuggets were just awful. They kind of shot themselves in the foot plenty of times there. Then against New Orleans, uh, it seems like the uh, just basically their answer was, hey, let's just get Nicole Jokic in foul trouble all night long. Uh, let him only play 20 minutes. That seemed to work for them. Which one? Uh, if, you were, if you're going into the playoffs, you're an opposing coach, you see these back-to-back losses, which, which strategy are you using against the Denver Nuggets? Oh, you're getting Jokic in foul trouble. No, not everybody can play defense like the Jazz. Nobody has Gobert. Right. And I don't even know how good the Jazz defense was – 
the Nuggets just couldn't do anything in the second quarter, man. Right. Like, that second quarter was just an abominable train wreck. And some of that was obviously the way that the Jazz played, with favors, you know, um, guarding Jokic out to the three-point line so he couldn't drive past him. You had Gobert um, hanging out by the um, by the bucket, you know, in order to for help defense and to stop uh, any sort of cutting action. Mm-hmm. So that works great if you've got a seven-foot center who's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, you know. Right. And and your power forward. Um, happens to have found his hops again for the first time in, like, three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coincidentally, right now. You know, that's great. That's that's very useful. But otherwise, what you're going to have to do is run everything at Jokic, try to get him in foul trouble, make him angry, make him take stupid fouls, because we know he still does that. Right. Um, you know, anytime you got a guy who's willing to foul in order to talk to the ref for five seconds, uh, there's something you can work with there. So Jokic is really going to have to keep his temper under control. Um, because this is how I expect teams to go at him, to needle him, to attack him, to because when he's not on the court, th- these are not the Denver Nuggets. Right. The, the Nuggets still don't have an offense that isn't Jokic ball. Like th- it's that's that's how this works, um, and they especially don't have one with Isaiah Thomas running the backcourt instead of Monte Morris for the reserves. Yep. That's a that's a problem that they're going to have to resolve sooner rather than later. Because if you don't have Jokic, you then also can't not have a floor general. Um, who does anything other than shoot, which is Isaiah Thomas right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I, I'm with you 100% on that. I don't think, like like you said, not everybody has a Rudy Gobert uh, to, to use. So you definitely, I think, try and use that New Orleans thing. The other thing, about, I mean, what was really interesting about that Utah game is it's also atypical for Utah in the sense that they did not have, I don't think they had like a single point guard uh, actually playing in that game. So they, did they not. Yeah, they were actually, and it kind of worked to their benefit because they were really long uh, out on the wings, and it really, yep. it really bugged Murray. Uh, it really bugged Gary Harris. Really bugged Malik Beasley. None of those guys shot very well. None of those guys. Well, that's where the height problems show up, man. Like Malik Beasley and Gary Harris are not big for shooting guards. Right. Like they're they're on the smaller side. They're not small, um, but they're more point guard sized. And same with Jamal Murray. Who is they're they're all three guys who are considered. I mean, for me anyway, I consider them to be shooting guards, and they're all small for the position. They don't have anybody um, who is uh, Chris Middleton sized. You know, right. there's no Andrew Wiggins hanging out at small at, no, like, at shooting six, guard. Eight, six, yeah, seven, no six eight shooting six nine guard. Yeah. shooting guard craziness. That's that's not what the Nuggets have. The Nuggets have dudes who are six three six four. You know, that's how they roll. That's what they've got. And those guys do run into some limitations against guys who do have that extra length on them. Yep. Yeah, they absolutely uh, they absolutely do. And it's it's a problem I think everybody saw at the very beginning of the year. I mean, when you started saying, hey, we're going to start Will Barton at small forward. Right. Uh, we're not really sure who's going to back him up. Uh, I think that was everybody's kind of point. Is that it's been really – it's been the, the biggest hole for the Nuggets now for a bit is that that lengthy perimeter uh, – guy that perimeter especially if he can be a defender but that, not just having that size on the wings uh has been an issue and so when you when you play a team like utah who has no point guards to play yeah i mean it uh it definitely kills you and then like you said the second quarter i mean just just terrible the nuggets outscored utah in, in every other quarter that the yes. only quarter they got outscored in was uh that second one but they got outscored 33 to 15 so well and that's why when of, people were saying you know use the jazz blueprint on like the, the jazz blueprint of putting up 30 plus while holding the nuggets to 15 in one quarter right. i don't know that that's that's not a sustainable um problem even for utah that's not sustainable yeah exactly it's a 
it's a, it's definitely a bit of an anomaly. So I'm, you you know, it definitely when you look at it, you you think though, you know, if you can keep any way you can keep Nikola Jokic to to 22 minutes like he played against New Orleans, right? Uh, that's, that's your best bet because even in those 22 minutes, okay, he was a plus six. I think he was one of maybe what with three other guys, him and Gary Harris and, and Tory Craig were the only positives. And Tory Craig played two minutes that don't really count. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but um. He was he, he in those twenty two minutes he scored twenty points had nine boards and seven assists you know I mean like if, if that's the impact he had if if he doesn't get into foul trouble the Nuggets win that game against the Pelicans easy like it's, going away yeah it's it's not even a, a contest and and so that's that's got to be be the game plan because we've this has been a problem and yes he's got better at these uh you know at these ticky tack. Uh, frustration fouls, but there was, I think, at least two of them uh, that I saw early in the in the first half there when he got he got into foul trouble, uh, where it was really like, yeah, man, that was uh, that was probably not that you probably should have played a little bit smarter than that. And certainly, I think well, one of them was like a moving screen that was really, uh, you know, he was just you could tell he was late, and he just it's like so just let him go, man. Don't you can't yeah. you have to know where you're at uh, in terms of your fouls. Uh, and being able to play, like you affects. let your teammates down, like that's yeah. that's when you get into foul trouble, you know that you are the Nuggets. I know you don't want to be the Nuggets, but you are the Nuggets. Like right. as you go, they go. Not necessarily scoring, but if you're not on the court, everything that Denver does changes. If Jamal's not on the court, you just put Beasley out there. Yep. You know, or Morris, or whatever. You keep doing the same stuff. Yep. Um, they have they have backups for every position uh, that. Uh, just in the way that they they can approach a game. Will Barton's out. They don't actually have another small forward. That's fine. Malik Beasley, the shooting guard, can play that position. Right. You know, like, that's that's how this works. That's how this has worked for Denver all year. Everybody has missed games, um, and Denver just keeps rolling on, except when Jokic misses games. Yep, yeah, And exactly. they And he cannot miss any games like that, that he has to know. And he also has to know that the refs are not yet treating him like an all-star. Like I hate to say that this is a this is a league where you know you get the star calls, but you do get the star calls, and the the league has not caught on to the fact that he was an all star this year yet. Um, I'm hoping they pass the memo around that he's an all star and all NBA, all NBA player at the end of the year. Right. Um. You know it would be nice because you'll notice that very few star players really foul out of games. Like that doesn't happen. They don't. You don't have. You don't get five fouls in 15 minutes on LeBron James. Right. Yep. Okay, I don't care what he's been doing. Moving screens, shoving people with, an, with a forearm. He's not getting 5,015 minutes more than, you know, once every three years. It took him, what, eight years to fall out of a game? It's true. That is very true. Yeah, and it's uh, when you think about it, that, that's a great point. I mean, that, that would never – a lot of guys uh, would never get that many foul calls on them in that quick of a succession. And they, all, and they figured it out pretty quickly, obviously, because they didn't call anything on in the <coughs> in the fourth quarter. You know, so they, they understood then, oh, well, I guess we just stop calling fouls on Jokic. But by that time, it's like, well, you already sunk us, you know. Yeah, you I was going to say, you, you burned it down. And it's, uh, I, again, I hate talking about refs, but for Jokic, it's very important. He right. cannot afford ticky-tack fouls, and most star players do not get them. Yep. You know, you reserve that for the Tory Craigs of the world, who does foul out with five fouls in 15 minutes. You know, like, that's, that's who gets but, those yeah. calls. Malik Beasley gets called for fouls all the time. The Harry Giles, um, of the world. Yeah, yeah. Those are the, those are the guys that um, are out there uh, playing that way, playing slightly out of control, or you know, not paying attention. And you call them for not paying attention fouls. 
Yeah. Um, but you don't do that to your stars because it's a league of stars, and the NBA calls games differently. I it it has nothing to do with whether I think they should. They do. And so yeah. if other teams' stars are never going to foul out, then Jokic is going to be in trouble if they're going to call tic-tac fouls on him um, because the Nuggets literally have no plan B. There's no one else who can run the offense the way they need right. it, and the Nuggets still don't have um, significant enough point guard play to get over the absence of Jokic for two-thirds of a game. Exactly. And I mean – You've got your, you've got your, you got as much as you could have hoped out of your Jokic light plan and Mason Plumlee too. Plumlee was great. Oh, he you was know, terrific. Yeah. yeah, and but that, that that's about as much as you can hope from him, and it still definitely wasn't enough against the Pelicans team who wasn't even playing Anthony Davis. So you know, you they didn't like, have the size either. Yeah, and yeah, uh, no, that may have partially been a problem. Denver, Denver can struggle with teams that um, aren't putting any size out there um, if you don't have Jokic in the game. Because Mason Plumley is a is a blunt instrument. He's not exactly a surgical tool. <laughs> um, and you've got um, Paul Millsap's foot speed isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Um, although he's shown more bursts now that he's gotten a little rest after the All Star break. Um, so the Nuggets the Nuggets can struggle with with quicker guys. Um, their backcourt athletes are average, except for Beasley. And Beasley doesn't know how to play off-ball defense, so exactly that's also an issue. So it, it, the way that the Pelicans played, and even the way that the Jazz played, was an issue for for Denver. But Denver also had so many lapses in those games. I understand Malone being mad um, about the defense when you're forgetting that Kyle Korver can annihilate you from the corner. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should cover Kyle Korver in the corner. Just to, maybe we should cover Kyle Korver. I'm just thinking maybe beyond the three point line, cover the 45 year old guy right. who all he does is shoot threes. That he would hasn't be been good. doing that for 15 years or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> he's he's not one of the one of the eight greatest shooters of all time. He's fine. Exactly. Don't worry about that guy. Exactly. Uh, okay, we've got to move on. Uh, but we're yeah. we're gonna stay with this. We're still staying with this losing streak. But I want to get specifically in. To, Love talking uh, losing streaks. Let's uh, yes. That's why I brought Gordon in. I was like, this is a perfect person for this. Great. Right? <laughs> the no, Eeyore um, Denver Stiffs. Where is that guy? <laughs> we don't really have an Eeyore of Denver Stiffs. We're all fairly upbeat um, <laughs> for the most part. For the most Bre- part. Maybe Brendan. Sarcastically uh, upbeat. That's what we <laughs> But um, all right. So Isaiah Thomas. Uh, in these two games, nope, not, not a beat anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> it's uh, back down. I mean, he is. Uh, so what, he took 14 shots, got 12 points against the Pelicans. He uh, well, let me see what he did against here against the Jazz. Uh, took six shots for for four points. He was a, he was putrid against the Jazz. That's why coach took him out pretty quick. Um, uh, well, he and he was turning the ball over too. Like yeah, just doing dumb two stuff. turnovers. He was a big part of that. The start of that second quarter. Uh, yes, getting going south on them, and then he just really didn't play much um, after that. The hard, to me when I look at it, I mean it's he's so used to being a ball dominant guard, um, working in a pick and roll in a traditional pick and roll where you know he's going to have his big go to the basket and he's going to get to read you know the defender either the defender is going to switch onto him and he's going to be able to hit that roll man with maybe a pocket pass. Or, you know, he's going to get the big guy on him and have a little step back. Or he's going to get around him. He's real good at fishing at the rim. That's that's kind of his bread and butter. But the Nuggets, like, they just don't run a ton of that traditional, 
you know, pick and roll kind of action. They run so much. Uh, they, they they run so much actually in the reverse with you know Jokic as, yeah, as the ball right. handler. Yeah, Jokic not, is the ball handler. Right, yeah. you're not going to have Isaiah Thomas set a screen. I don't care how wacky it gets. Um, they they run a lot of DHO, but they they run a lot of the similar concepts too when Plumlee's in there. Uh, and then on top of that, if they're gonna do some more traditional stuff with Plumlee, they do that with Monty Morris. Yes. So I, it's hard for me to like. I don't know. I I mean, is there a spot in this rotation for Isaiah Thomas, or is this maybe an experiment that they should probably just scrap? They should burn it. They they it's and it's not Isaiah's fault. But the problem is. What he used to get to the rim off those pick and rolls, what he used to get a little bit of separation, was his side to side explosive niche, which he has none of right now. Right. He has he has none of that. He can't sidestep and jump sideways and hurl his body around. And I mean, he was a little cannonball. Um, um, high skill JJ Barea. You know that's that's Isaiah Thomas, uh, and he's not playing that way. What my hope when they when they signed him was that. His explosiveness would would come back this year, um, but that also his experience playing with Al Horford, another passing big man, would help. But as we've found out, there is no other passing big man that plays anything like Nikola Jokic. Mason Plumlee would at least be able to pass that way and run a pick and roll, but they have no chemistry at all. Like He doesn't even see Mason Plumlee on the court. Um, Right now, all Isaiah is doing is shooting. And if you have your ball-dominant point guard just chucking, uh, then when the rest of the bench needs to work, they they have no rhythm. Uh, it's why Monte Morris is so good off the bench, is he immediately gets guys involved, and then when he needs to take floaters and he needs to charge the, the paint, he needs to do whatever, he's doing it. But everybody always feels like if they run in action, Monte will find them. Um, there was a lot of standing around when Isaiah had the ball, and he's just chucking and no one's moving. There was nothing. They just watched him. Because yeah. that's that they they don't know what to expect from him. They know he's yeah. not looking at them, and they yep. just watched him work. Like that's what it is. You, you he takes the ball up the court. You just go to your spot. You wait for him to iso and shoot. He makes it or he misses it. You run back on defense, and then yep. five minutes later, you know maybe you'll get a shot up, but you haven't taken a shot. You haven't been expecting a shot. Uh, that's not good for a young team. They're they aren't used to this kind of play. They just got used to Jokic. Yeah. Like literally, they, they. Right, right. It took them they years. Finally figured this out <laughs> to get this right, where they know how to cut off of Jokic and they know how to run um, a one through five, you know, pick and roll with Jokic. They know how to do dribble handoffs. They know how to back screen. They know how to do all these things. Well, none of those happen with Isaiah Thomas. They don't all happen with Monte Morris either. But he's so good with the pick and roll with mm-hmm. um, with Mason Plumlee that it doesn't matter. Right, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Which, which yes, he doesn't turn the ball over, you know. So that's, uh, I mean, you know, that that's that's the other thing, and and because you, I think most people are going to live with the fact that Isaiah is going to have, you know, not the the best shot selection. We kind of know that's who he is. That's what he is. He's a gunner. Yeah, right. He's he's a gunner exactly, and and that's okay. There there's definitely a need for that off the bench at times. There there's a need sometimes for them to have a scoring spark plug. They don't really have a guy like that. Especially when, uh, you know, when when Gary Harris and Will Barton have been out, and now Malik Beasley maybe is a little bit, but you know, they, yeah. they, you can still find that that role, a need for that role, but but it has it, to be off ball, man. It can't yeah. be on ball. And and I don't know if he can play off ball. I just don't. I don't. I, I don't how do you play a five foot eight shooting guard? Yeah, exactly. It's it's 
it just seems impossible. So I, I mean, I kind of am with you. I just, you know, it sucks. I need some like, Earl Boykins footage, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> Earl used to play off ball with Andre Miller, right? So and he chucked it a lot. Somebody find me some Earl Boykins footage so I can see how they need to fit. Uh, but, you know, uh, though, Isaiah into this. The funny thing is, is they really he really didn't. Uh, they Earl. Um, Earl basically and Andre just kind of switched off that that point guard spot. They usually uh, did, yeah. Yeah, just the two of them. That was back before George Carl started getting crazy with his two part two point guard lineups. Um, right. But no, yeah, I, I just don't. I I mean, it's 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 nothing against Isaiah other than the fact that look, dude, it's just we're we're it took a while, probably longer than than what was expected for you to get back. We're we're twenty games left, and there's 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 a lot to play for, and and it's just not working. So. Uh, the, the leash has kind of got to be short, you know. It just, it just is. It's just the nature of the beast and where, where they're at right now. So, I, I know that I know that they gave him his time to rehab, and I know they gave him his time to to try to work his way in, and they're trying to give him minutes consistently so that he can get back in the swing of things. But right. I, it, it, the Nuggets at some point have to prioritize this year. They yeah. have it. They didn't do it at the trade deadline. They didn't do it with uh, waiver wire pickups. They didn't do it like they just stood pat. I don't know if it's because they believed in Isaiah Thomas uh, or what, but they could have addressed any number of issues on the roster um, in order to clean things up for the playoffs, to really know what you have and know what you need, and they yep. did not do it. Um, and the the price for that now is that they don't have any more time to devote to Isaiah Thomas because they need to get the pieces that they do have to function together correctly. They're out right. of time. Yeah, they need to figure out the the nine, the eight or nine guys that they they're going to go with, uh, and that are going to be uh, that are going to be the guys that that they they ride with in the playoffs and and, yep. and you know and, and put them together pretty much for these last twenty games. So and even um, if Isaiah gets some time now, I don't think you can use him in the playoffs. Um, at his current level of health and like, right. integration into the team, like I don't think you can. Yeah, I see him as a, like a nice luxury uh, as a guy sitting there on your bench that maybe in a game, in a certain game, when you're looking for a spark, uh, maybe he can get that for you. You know, but it, that's what I'm saying. You know, he's like a DNP CD three of uh, three or four or even five games out of a six game series. And maybe there's one or two games where he gets in in a spurt uh, because you're looking to shake things up a little bit. Uh, I right. can see, I can see that, and that, and that might work out. But other than that, I don't really. You, you can't. Know. Yeah, he's not a rotation piece, though, man. You right. can't. He's not going to be six minutes in the second, six minutes in the third, two minutes in the fourth kind of guy. Right. Right. You got to choose between him or Monty Morris, and, and yes. you got to take. You Monty cannot Morris. choose Isaiah. Right. It's just, it's just what it comes down to. Um, okay, so let's touch on one more thing before we hit the break, and then we'll let you get out of here, Gordon. But um, you, you kind of brought it up. We we're, we're starting to get into it. They're basically talking about how the Nuggets they stood pat both the trade deadline uh, and the the they haven't made any waiver wire acquisitions or anything like that. Uh, the thing that stands out now for them is that the biggest hole I think we're seeing day to day is they they absolutely have no one behind Paul Millsap. Uh, in that power forward position, Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, has just been not look good at all. Jared Vanderbilt is obviously still very raw, uh, still coming back from from surgery, and then th- those are really the only two power forwards uh, on the roster, other than Tyler Lydon, 
who uh, appear well now is in going to the G League, uh, so which makes well and Trey Wiles, but Trey's injured, and yeah, I don't and know Trey's how injured. bad his injury and, is. And he was and Trey. Let's be honest, Trey was bad uh, before he got injured. He Trey was not out. fitting well. He was not yeah. shooting well, and he was not defending well. Yeah, so you, I mean, you've got basically no options behind Paul Millsap. We know they were interested in Noah Vonley. It would have been a nice pickup uh, if they had been able to get him. I mean, what do you do, Gordon? I mean, do you now, do you look at, like, the, the do you go dumpster dive, basically, and, and see what you can find on uh, Wave Wire? Because guys were, guys were waived before March 1st. You can sign those guys, and they're still on your, they can still be on your playoff team. Yes. Um, do you, I mean, who would you, I mean, what do you, I mean, because I looked at it, you got, like, Omri Caspi. You got, uh, you know, Greg Monroe. Uh, There's another, you know, that type of guy. Is, is getting one of those guys better than than Tyler Lydon at this point? Well, the problem you have to consider is what happens if Millsap rolls an ankle. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, they're better than Tyler Lydon if Millsap rolls an ankle. Um, because the, no one's been healthy for the Nuggets this year other than Jokic, really. Yeah. Uh, the issue that I have is you they survived earlier without Paul Millsap um, because they played a lot of Mason Plumlee. Um, at, uh, they basically left a big on the court at all times. Um, and they ran out Trey Wiles and, and whoever else uh, to make that happen. Um, yeah. they, don't, they don't have uh, Trey Wiles now, and Trey was not good in those minutes. Um, if you're running a playoff rotation, you really want a guy there who can play actual power forward. Right. Even if it's just, you know, defend that big body, run down the court, and I'll throw you the ball occasionally. I, you know what I mean? You, you need a guy who knows how to do that. I don't know that Greg Menor knows how to defend anyone. <laughs> um, but right now you're stuck. Like, you're using your backup center as your backup power forward, which you can't do if, you're back, if your actual power forward gets injured. Yeah, it it stresses your lineup. Uh, there are so many issues that that Denver's having with the power forward position, which is hilarious, considering twelve months ago they had like fourteen guys at the position. <laughs> yeah, I have exactly. I have no idea how you can have that many people at the position and now have no one. Well, it's a lot of salary dumps. Uh, yeah, well, it was. <laughs> there it. were a lot of salary <laughs> dumps and second round picks going out. Right, that exactly. definitely happened. So. But one of your power forwards is now playing for the the Houston Rockets and playing well. And playing well, yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, some other things happen. Obviously, Wancho not panning out that that has really hurt. Uh, Trey Wancho, Lyles, Wancho just makes me sad, man. Like that's right. he has so much talent, and I don't know if he just has the yips, if it's in his head, if he is more sick and or injured than people are letting on. I don't know what it is, but he looks terrible in games. Trey Wiles looks terrible in games, or he right. did before the injury. Um, it, the guys who should have been able to step forward this year, the Nuggets just wanted one of those guys to step forward. And exactly. unfortunately, nobody has nobody. stepped forward. And yeah, so the Nuggets are left hoping that they don't have to rely on Jared Vanderbilt as one of your eight or nine rotation guys in the playoffs. Right, because then you're... Well, then you're asking a lot. Yeah, and it is. I mean, when you think about it, Herning Gomez, Lydon, and Lyles, it looks like they struck out uh, on all of those guys. Yeah, so that's, that's that's tough. That's just that's really, really tough. Um, but the Nuggets, uh, I do feel like they need to scour the waiver wire, even if it involves letting go of Tower Wyden. I mean, it, they did yeah, I mean, uh, renew his option. Yeah. They, they sent him to the G League, but uh, you, you don't have him in your future plans, so there's no reason you couldn't free up a roster spot tomorrow to sign somebody 
in order to make sure that um, they can get some practice time in at least with Jokic right. before the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and G League ends in like two weeks, so it's like you know. Yeah. Just, just why not? You know, exactly. I, I don't, I, I don't see the much of the point of keeping Tyler Lydon around at this point. I would, uh, I would move on from him, but uh, that's I'm not the GM. I'm just the podcaster. So <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and hit a break. Uh, when we come back, I believe I'll have Mr. Mike Olson in here. We're going to talk about that Spurs game um, that is going to be coming up. Or, well, actually, it's just Tuesday, so uh, the Spurs game is over. We'll be recapping it. <laughs> we'll be recapping that Spurs game. Uh, and then I'll uh, talk about the finish of this road trap. Lakers and Warriors round it out. But before that, we're going to let Mr. Gordon Gross go. He is at GMoneyNugs on Twitter. Make sure you guys are giving him a follow. Gordon, appreciate you as always, sir. Thanks a bunch, man. Hopefully we get a win now. All right, everybody. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back to the Pickaxe Money Show. Zach McDonald's with DenverStiffs.com. We spent that first half of the show talking about back-to-back home losses. Uh, Mr. Gordon Gross was kind enough to join us in that misery. Now we uh, we were hoping to turn the page to maybe maybe a win, but uh, not the case as the Nuggets drop a a wild one to say the least uh, against the San Antonio Spurs, and then um, well. Well, it's, uh, it's, I guess, no rest for the weary for them as now they get back-to-back uh, games in California with the Lakers and the Warriors on the horizon. Who better to talk not only about the Spurs games, but about playing basketball in California? It is Mr. Mike Olson out in Los Angeles. Mike, what is happening? Hey, buddy. How are you, man? I am, uh, I am doing well. Well, I'd, I'd be do, doing better, you know, if Jamal Murray could sink. Probably the easiest look. 
he has all night. It's a bunny, uh, man. It was a I, bunny. I, I actually, I, I was just bummed that he threw that up quite so soon. That I, that uh, I was, I was looking for that more like five seconds than eight seconds. You know, right? It was. Uh, I like the play, uh, the play design. You know, you obviously. So he's the inbound. He basically does a, a DHO right off of. Right yeah. off of the inbounds, and then what happened there though was you know he I you think he almost didn't realize how wide open he was when he came around that curl, and and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge you know who's um, I think it was Lamarcus Aldridge who's on uh, Jokic there he's got the choice does he does he go for the help, uh, and I think that's what the the the, the play kind of design was that they were anticipating was that he would help then you dump it back off to Jokic easy layup. Uh, and, and you get the two points that way, and then, then of course Aldridge stays home, and you, I think, like I said, it almost shocked him that he was so, uh, so wide open. And I hate the floater too. It's like one of the hardest shots to hit, uh, from, uh, from that distance. If somebody's got to do a study on this. I bet it's got to have one of the lowest field goal percentages uh, of you a think? shot from like you know six distance, six feet away. I absolutely think so, just because I well. <laughs> This is terrible. This is terrible analysis. Because I I tried to figure it out once and I couldn't shoot it. (laughs) No, it was like I, uh, you know, I started watching. It was actually probably right right when the Nuggets traded for or when they traded Mello. Right. So this is like uh, eight years ago. Um, This is, you know, so this is me and my athletic pride, of course, of of 26. And, uh, you know, Raymond Felton was really good at that. He was one of the guys who was really good at that floater shot. So I thought, you know, okay, he's a short guy, uh, not really athletic. This is, this should work for me. And, uh, it turns out that's a really tough shot. And, and you know, I keep seeing it time and time again, uh, guys shoot this and that's exactly what happens. You catch the heel of the rim, uh, just like Jamal did. Uh, and missed it. Mike, what do you, I mean, what do you make of that ending? I just say, break it down for me. I mean, cause this was, there was like 43 minutes of this game. We don't even need to bother really talking about. Uh, and then the last five were crazy. I mean, what, well, just, what I are mean, your thoughts? You, you haven't, you haven't really talked about the fact that after Jamal missed that shot, you know, for anybody who didn't watch the game, um, and who hasn't read the highlights or, or any of the rest and just happened to Denver stumble across us first, which uh, that's what I guess I've narrowed that down to like maybe one person. Um, but, but for anybody <laughs> who didn't catch the rest of it, um, after that shot, the Nuggets get two more, two more tries and, and still cannot get the ball to go down. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was a tough ending. Um, it was, it was such a weird start. I mean, we were down so quick and just kind of weirdly kept bleeding out and then finally started right. making runs at it. And, and had we had we made that shot, um, you and I were talking about this before we actually fired up the the, the recording. I think that would have been their first lead of the game. I think if, right. if they had taken the lead, I think that would have been it. And you know, just it it was it was great to see the comeback. Um, but man, I, coming off of that Oklahoma City win, off of that high, um, I it, you could have told me a lot of different outcomes. But zero and three on the next three was not one that I think I would have uh, anticipated for sure. Right, right. Especially if you say, well, you know, you'll, you'll actually outscore the Jazz three out of your four quarters. Right. And, and Anthony Davis won't play uh, for New Orleans. <laughs> uh, Jamal Murray is going to score like 17 points in like the last, what, seven minutes uh, of, the, uh, of the fourth quarter against the Spurs. But you're going to lose uh, all three of them. Yeah. So it's, yep. uh, oh, man, it's. 
It's tough. it's a tough one. And I I agree with you. The Spurs one was it's it just it's just such a I don't know. It almost I think it it, it might be the the worst or the most heartbreaking of the three because you're, they were they were down that whole way and then they get that chance like you said at the very end uh, to get the lead. Those are the sweetest wins when you you don't get uh, you don't actually get ahead until. Uh, the point that actually wins the game for you, and, mm. and and they had the they had the opportunities, and they just they just couldn't couldn't get it done. Well, not only that, it's been so long since we'd won there. I hadn't realized until Altitude yes. put the stat up. But you know, seven seven years since we won in San Antonio, man, that that would have been pretty sweet little uh, sweet little steal to have walked away with. But um, you know. I, I guess on on to the next one and and with the Lakers uh, with with the folks in my hometown um, playing my hometown team I'm, I'm excited to get uh, my guys out here I might see if I can even actually sneak into the game on Wednesday night <laughs> there you go you know it uh, uh, we, we you could have I well I, I don't wanna I don't know if I could we could flex that hard can Denver Stiffs get you a credential <laughs> in the Staples Center oh uh, let, let's let's go ahead and say that that has been tried before and and has not necessarily <laughs> denied come to fruition uh, but I'll, <laughs> I'll see if i can't maybe find a, a seat somewhere I, i'll, I'll figure go. something out yeah there you go no worries <laughs> no worries you know a funny a real funny story on there not it's not actually a funny story but real quick before we get off the spurs the i actually so i vividly remember the last time uh, the nuggets beat the spurs in san antonio down the that crazy run um and what was it? It was I think it was in 2013. The uh, during the or during that season, it might have actually been 2012. I can't remember. No, it was the 2012 season actually. Um, but so the only reason I can remember it perfectly is because I just randomly uh, happened to be watching that game in a double wide trailer in like the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Oklahoma. And they happened, they had that game on because it was the, this apparently that's, it, that's where they, they play the Spurs uh, out there in in this portion of Oklahoma. So you, you uh, understand that the only thing that, that, that hurricanes eat in Oklahoma is double wide trailers, right? That's, yes. that's just, that's, that is their daily diet is, is double wide. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was, Take, uh, taking risks, it wasn't, man. Uh, that's, Good on you, buddy. That's good. I was, <laughs> I was coming back from Texas, you know, and it was I could either you can either stay in a hotel right. for like eighty bucks, or you can stay in your buddy's double wide out there at the oil field that he's working yeah. at. You know, so and, and I said hurricanes, tornadoes. My gosh, I'm thinking about my <laughs> thinking about my kid in Florida, and there are people in there are people in Oklahoma going, I, are you familiar with weather patterns? Do you know what you're talking about? I'm not. I'm not sure if we have a strong uh, Oklahoma <laughs> demographic, so oh, I don't on. know if you have to worry about that. We're, we're worldwide, buddy. It's, it's, Too much. It's, we are worldwide. Shout out, uh, shout out to Australia and Serbia. You guys rock. Uh, thank you for listening, um, and and everywhere else. I just know those are our two our two largest outside of the outside of the states. Uh, nice. All right, let's we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the uh, uh, Mike's hometown. Los yeah. Angeles Lakers. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Ugh. You know what? Okay, first off, you know what is the worst part about this? Uh, which which it's not so bad for you because you're out in the Pacific uh, time coast. 
But this is this is might be the hardest stretch uh, of the season. In fact, it is without a doubt the hardest stretch of the season for the uh, mid thirties dad blogger uh, working this working this this beat uh, of the Denver Vegas four straight eight thirty tip offs for us out here in in Colorado. Like that is just it's brutal, uh, man. It is just brutal, man. That's I, terrible. I, I don't know yeah. what, what the NBA is thinking. They need to. Uh, they need to have a little more compassion for those of us who actually have to wake up in the morning uh, yeah, and go to our regular fans, jobs, right? Exactly. It's it's I I don't know this 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 cash cow they they just they seem to be leaning into it a little bit, buddy. So. <laughs> this Denver Nuggets <laughs> cash cow it's really bringing in the revenue. Exactly. Uh, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Uh, the Lakers. This is the, what was this will be the third time now that I think the Nuggets have played the Lakers. They, I believe, they've split the first two. Uh, the first two uh, appearances. The LA is, of course, a, a an absolute mess uh, right now. Has been actually for some time clinging uh, to to hope of making the playoffs. Got a lot of work to do on that front. I mean, Mike, if if they're playing, I think they're playing right now as we're recording. They're playing the Clippers. Uh, I'll check that score, but. Um, what do you? I mean, what do you think? Give me your give me your take. Are, are are the Lakers pretty much done? Do you think they still got a shot at making the playoffs? Do you think they make the playoffs? I mean, where are they going to end up? I you know I I doubt they make the playoffs. Um, but I do know that they don't doubt they make make the playoffs just yet enough that you know they're they're pretty desperate at this moment. And right. so that's I mean that's a little bit of what worries me about this game. Right? Is is first off we seem to be. Seem to be out of sync and out of rhythm. Um, all of a sudden, to to some degree, we've we've had some uh, distinct disappearing acts over the course of the last few games, um, and you're coming up against a very uh, proud player. Um, whether or not you've got currently a very proud team there or not in the Lakers, um, in in LeBron, who uh, you know there's there's been a lot of chatter about uh, him not making the playoffs. I, I've got a feeling we're going to see a, a fairly focused team on on Wednesday night um, in the Lakers and and I hope that you know we're we're able to bring some pressure to bear because uh, there aren't many what you would call easy outs left on our schedule coming up and right. um, not, not that the Lakers necessarily are but they're definitely one of the easier outs upcoming and and um, you know I, I don't think we're gonna slip so far as to do anything crazy like fall out of the playoffs or anything like that but um, you know, the two seed is a much nicer place to be doing this from than than even the four, let alone five or six. So it's important Absolutely. that the Nuggets start pulling this back together. And uh, I got a feeling that the Lakers and, and specifically LeBron are going to give them everything they can handle on Wednesday night. What about you, man? Do you think uh, do you think they're done? Do you think they get in? I, I don't I, just because it's there's the the fact that they're what are they they're tenth right now is they got they've got to hop two teams uh, yeah. in front of them not just one which makes that uh, particularly difficult they're what four games back I was say, that's uh, a four game hop tonight's really important for them right because it's right yeah because it's eight, the Clippers so, yeah, so, so they make, that's they make up more distance if they win this game tonight. Right, which I was just checking the score. They're down by four. Uh, it's a, well, There's about four minutes left in the second quarter, so that one's still got a ways to go. Um, you know, I, I it's you, you you don't want to doubt LeBron James just because it's um, it's LeBron James. But uh, with the way the way things went down at the trade deadline, with all the chatter, with basically all of these guys, I mean, 
it coming out that they were basically willing to trade every single one of the young guys on their team to get Anthony Davis. It, it's it you yeah it's hard to see how that how that chemistry works out because now okay now uh, he, Anthony Davis didn't get traded, which right. was basically that was the worst possible thing that could happen for the Lakers if he didn't get traded to the Lakers. The next worst possible thing was for him to not get traded at all, in my opinion, because you you had your you could go after him a, a year later in in free agency, anyways. But now you've got to go back through this whole charade again, and meanwhile you've got these these three months or so that are left in this in the season, and everybody knows every single one of those guys knows he's probably on borrowed time <laughs> that that he's a guy who could be yeah. shipped out, you know, the minute the season's over, sent to New Orleans uh, because LeBron wants to play with with this other guy instead of them. I like, how do you, how do you have a functional basketball team uh, in that sort of environment? I just don't, I just don't know how. And I think that's why we're seeing this team, you know, fall apart the way they are. And, and, and I, it, there's nothing that, that makes me think like, even, even if LeBron is focused and it says, you know, I mean, he hasn't missed the playoffs since his rookie season. So, you know, even if he's, he, he's focused about, you know, I'm going to get it done. Like, I kind of feel like his teammates are just going to tune him out. You know, at this point they're like, whatever, dude, like you, you, we're probably not even going to be your teammate in three months because, and that's your doing, you know? So I'm just going to play my game and, and, uh, and do me like that. That's what I would do if I, you know, if I was in this scenario uh, and I was one of those guys. So uh, it's tough, man. It's it tough is. to see, uh, to see them making this, this a run and getting in. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you a bit. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, and and to that end, then you know you hear people start talking about if if LeBron is not as healed up as he seems, uh, you know, why not why not just go ahead and shut him down as just well? Shut and, down, right? Um, you know, I while while that is not what uh, you're ever going to see out of uh, the Lakers, I would think, um, boy, it it sure makes a lot more sense. I, I you know. If if you're that far out of it anyway, and all you can hope for is basically to run into a Golden State buzzsaw, um, you know, I, I think the only thing that that's got any upside to it is, uh, you know, first round first round TV revenues still still are pretty uh, sticky, right? Right. With, with the home with the home. Oh, teams, and it would be huge clubs, against so. Golden State. I mean, it would be massive because it's LeBron yeah. versus Golden State. You know. But but otherwise, so. um, I mean, that's. That's that's all you get is is uh, four games, maybe you know five or six games where the and yeah, not five games where the TV revenue. So uh, four, come uh, on, four. <laughs> <laughs> he he could he only went five games with the Cavs last year in the finals, and he had Kevin Love on his team. If uh, if they had no not way. if they had not pulled it out that pre Durant year, I would totally agree with you. But I I've seen him do crazier things, man. That is true. There was uh, there was a lot going on in that in that series as well, uh, yeah. with the whole dream on green thing. But um, yeah, I uh, boy, I bet you know the 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 TV executives are are one. They're praying. They're praying for the Lakers to be the eight seed and get the Warriors as the one seed. There's nothing. There's no. There's no. It'll, it'll break. It'll break all you know first round TV records uh, by double. Yeah. I guarantee it. I guarantee yeah. it. So that'd, that'd be that'd be a pretty big watch. So I. So uh, with that, um, I, I still I think I think they're going to be trying pretty hard. I think we better uh, we better be more ready than I've seen us in the last three games. So 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's, you know, one of the things I think that actually might work, at least the silver lining you can take uh, from from this loss now to, to San Antonio is you were that close and, and you had that heartbreaking loss. Like, I, I have a feeling they're going to they're gonna come in to L.A. And, and be ready to go. I think this is going to be – they're going to look to make a point. What what a better team? Okay, it's the Lakers. You know, there's always that whole – still whole kind of – bad blood between these two teams from the uh the pettiness uh, if you will that's gone on between them these these past two seasons isaiah thomas now is now he's on the other side of it um the the lakers of course gave the gave the nuggets a late uh late season loss last year that that was a game they really that was really uh pretty amped up because of this kind of uh rivalry if you will so um I think that they'll, they, they're going to want to just make a point. And at least that's what I hope. I hope that they come out uh, with the mindset that, that they're, they're here to make a point. That yes, that this Lakers team is done. Uh, that they're, they're nowhere near as close to the same caliber as this Nuggets team is. And, and they're going to they're gonna return the favor and deal them uh, you know, a, a major blow um, with a late season loss. That's, that's the way you want them to respond to this uh, and if they do, then then I have no worries. I just, I you know, you never, you don't want to, you don't want to say it, but you never, you never know when when a team goes into L.A. Uh, how they're going to play. Yep. So, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, let's uh, hopefully, hopefully after three losses, we're a little more focused than uh, than your typical team visiting L.A. But we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, all right, Mike here to to wrap up the the show this week. So then, then of course, Nuggets will close out the week. Uh, against Golden State on Friday. Uh, I mean, it's, they're talking to statement games. I mean, when when Golden State came in, when these two teams last played, Golden State came into into Denver and and pretty much they made a statement and and, and basically put a, blew the put doors up a off. Record first quarter. Right. Right. Exactly. NBA record first quarter. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just punched uh, us I, dead in the mouth. Um. I and and they said that it wasn't about a statement with us, but I I, I call bullshit. That's that you, you could see it the way they were running the game. They 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 were coming dead at us, and they had every intention of uh, taking over right. that first place slot, which they did that night. And and they were they were not only crowing about it, but uh, I hope the Nuggets remember very well. And and frankly, they. Uh, you know they they could stand uh, that kind of an attitude game themselves. It's been a little while since they've had everything clicking. It would sure be nice to see all the all the cylinders fall into all the right spots to to lock up a game against Golden State later in the week. That'd be really cool. It would, yeah. It would certainly be a nice uh, a nice cherry on the top. If they lose, let's say they lose the, this Lakers game, how much of a panic mode are you in? Uh, then if you're go- got a four game losing streak going into uh, a game at Golden State, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's panic mode as much as it's uh, you know, can can they get up enough for that game? Basically, can they can they put themselves in a position that they can get get themselves uh, fired up enough to really give a good contest there and 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 play a good game and and get after a win because. Uh, I, I got to think they'd be pretty disheartened facing that, basically. So I don't know. Right. What about you? If if they, I mean, if by some chance they uh, they lose Wednesday night, where do you where do you think this goes? 
Well, I mean, you hope again that they're really desperate at that point, and they come out and then they and they play great and and steal one in Golden State. I think where do I think it would go? I think it would go to a five game losing streak is what I what I think would happen because I just don't. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't think Golden State's gonna. Uh, I don't think they're overlooking this Nuggets game uh, on national TV on Friday night. Let me tell you that. I, I just I have a feeling uh, they'll be ready to go uh, for for Denver. They you know we've seen some they what they lost. They just lost two games in a row. Um, a couple a couple nights back, and it uh, you know y- you 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 see them kind of I think taking their foot off the gas a little bit because they know they're like yeah whatever we just gotta we just gotta stay just enough ahead of Denver we'll keep the first seed you know and then we'll we'll go into the playoffs and then it, then it'll be it'll be go time um, but I think they'll when Denver comes in on Friday they'll be like all right this one let's you know let's just make sure. Yeah. On the on the other hand, you know they could you know maybe they do some gamesmanship and figure, hey, we might see this team in the playoffs, uh, we might see this team in the Western Conference Finals, so let's uh, let's just kind of send a message, show show them, well, or let's just show them nothing and and oh, they just play like the blandest game uh, we possibly can. <laughs> interesting, know? yeah. Um, that could be the other way to go. I guess that's the way you hope it goes. If you're the, if you're a Nuggets fan, you can maybe get a steal. Uh, steal a win, but that—that's really the only way I could see it happening. Otherwise, I think they're going to get uh, probably probably take a loss. You never know, though. Uh, you never know. They've certainly surprised us yeah. in the past. Absolutely right. Alrighty, well, I tell you what, I think we will uh, we'll just go ahead and wrap her up right there. Uh, make sure you guys are following us all on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon was at G Money Nugs. Mike is at Visible Mike. Uh, the show at Pickaxe Pundits. Denver Stiffs is at Denver Stiffs. It's all very, very easy. Um, <clears throat> over on Instagram, at the Denver Stiffs. That's the curveball. you got to make sure to put in the V uh, over there. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to our YouTube channel. Definitely on all those home games, especially you want to be over there. You can get full interviews, pregame and postgame from the coaches and the players. So that's a good spot to check it out. Even, even for example, when there's a game on national TV and on TNT, and so there's no altitude uh, to to give you the the post game uh, press conferences, we still have them on our YouTube channel. So that's a place you should check out. And also on Facebook, of course, make sure you're following us over there, giving us a like. We would appreciate it. Alrighty, Mr. Olson, I appreciate it as always, sir. Thanks, Mr. Mikosh. It was a good time. Hope uh, hope things go well. Have a great week, sir. Alrighty, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Listen, I hope